just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. It's nearly 50 years since the first of the Jaws movies was released, but I reckon it gave quite a few of us an uneasy relationship with sharks for some time afterwards. Is that rational? I mean, we do live in a country where encounters with sharks are a fairly regular occurrence, but demarcating how we relate to them is still quite a thorny issue. And one in three shark species is threatened with extinction. How does our attitude to them affect their chances of survival? Dr. Brianna LeBusque is a lecturer in environmental science at the University of South Australia, and she's trying to better understand our fear of sharks. Brianna, welcome to Life Matters. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So what do we know about where our fear of sharks comes from? Is it something that we're born with, this primal urge, or something that comes a bit later? We think it's a little bit of both. So there definitely is an evolutionary reason that we're afraid of sharks. Um, Some shark species can harm humans and also sharks live in the ocean and humans don't naturally, you know, we don't have gills, we shouldn't necessarily be in the ocean. So there is that evolutionary component that we are born with. But we know that our fear of sharks is exaggerated and we fear them more than other animals or other threats that are more likely to harm us. And that's where we think um, that we're not born with that. That fear is a learned fear. Okay. So when we read those statistics about more people being killed by cows falling on them than mm-hmm. shark attacks or whatever, is, is that true? It is true. Um, the other one that I like is more people are also killed by a champagne cork um, <gasps> being popped oh, than sharks. Yes. That's harsh. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. What, what role does media play then, Brianna, especially movies? It plays a huge role. So particularly when we talk about shark films, um, so I've done some research into how sharks are portrayed in these films. And firstly, there's lots of uh, sort of horror films and films that have sharks as villains. It's a really popular sort of genre. And the vast majority of these films show sharks negatively and show them as being, you know, really dangerous um, and and, you know, deliberately attacking people. Um, So in one study that I did, we found that actually only one film didn't have a negative portrayal of sharks, which is Finding Dory and we have Destiny, who is a whale shark. So all other films have at least a component of sharks being sort of scary. Yes. Well, I mean, a lot of us are going yes, yes, and nodding, and I had to hide behind the couch watching Jaws, all that kind of thing. But surely most of us are too rational to really believe that that is what happens in the ocean. Yeah, you would think so. And, you know, I have a psychology background, so we know that people actually aren't very rational at all. Um, Particularly when it comes to sharks, sort of an interesting reason why films can really impact how we view sharks is most of us don't actually have personal experience with sharks. It's quite unlikely to um, come into contact with sharks in our personal life. And if we do, often it's sort of small reef sharks or smaller little sharks. And so most of the information that we get about sharks is through the media and through films. And essentially, if we're all the time seeing these sharks as, you know, sort of being man-eating and and big and really vicious, that's all we know about sharks. And so that's why it has a really big impact because we kind of don't have, um, you know, nice encounters ourselves to to contradict those portrayals. Well, I mean, that's how we feel about sharks. We're scared of them because of what we see in the media. How do sharks feel about us? Do they actually see us as prey? 
No. So there's still quite a bit we don't know about sharks and sort of their behaviour, but currently there's no evidence that sharks seek us out as prey. Um, and I, I like to explain it as if they did, there would be a lot more shark bites. If, if they knew that we were sort of good prey for them, um, they they know where to find us. They, w- they would sort of actively hunt us. But we, we don't know exactly why shark bites occur but one of sort of the leading theories is that usually it's a bit of mistaken identity um we can look quite like a seal or a turtle particularly while on a surfboard and things like that and so typically the sharks come up think that we're something else um normally when they take a bite and they realize that we're not a seal that's full of blubber they usually actually don't come back for more but you know unfortunately when we're talking about a big shark that one bite can um be really damaging to humans. Well, yes. And I mean, there are lots of people who would have heard about or possibly even know someone who has been killed by a shark. Um, how rare are those? Though? I mean, they're tragic when they happen. How, how common are they? Yeah. So in Australia, it's an average of two fatal attacks per year. So they are really uncommon, obviously really horrible when they do happen. But, um, you know, for example, I'm pretty sure the stats are around 80 people drown. So in Australia per year, so a lot less frequent than than other sort of water-based threats. So, I mean, given that they do happen, but they are rare, how should the media approach a, a shark encounter or a shark bite? Because I guess we need to balance the need to, uh, you know, keep people informed and, and have that public safety aspect as well. Definitely. And that's one of the sort of complex issues here. And a lot of my research looks into the media and, um, you know, exactly right. When when a shark bite does occur, of course, that is newsworthy. Um, but interestingly, what we've found is that sharks make the news for a whole range of other reasons as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a fisherman sees a shark swim by or things like that. And the fact that we're hearing about sharks so much in the news cycle does really lead into this idea that uh, sort of sharks are more common, we're more likely to actually see sharks and it impacts our perception of risk. So I think one thing is that when there is a newsworthy shark story, like a shark bite, that should be um, in the news, but we probably don't need all of the other sort of shark stories as well because um, then we're not going to be hearing about them as often. And is it about the language that's used if, if there does need to be that public safety reporting as well, Brianna? Yeah, so interestingly, when I survey people or interview people and I ask people to um, sort of describe sharks in three words and those types of things, and we find that a lot of the words that people use to describe sharks are really commonly in the news stories as well. And unfortunately, a lot of those are sort of monster, man-eating, vicious, those types of words. Um, And so, again, kind of going into that idea of um, how rational are people, do people, you know, have their own views of sharks that are, I guess, independent from the media, it does seem like the way that the media um, describe sharks is how the people in general describe sharks. So, so we would like to see, you know, less of that sensationalised language when it comes to the reporting. I'm speaking with Dr Brianna LeBusque, who's a lecturer in environmental science at the University of South Australia. And as you can hear, she's been looking at how we perceive sharks and what effects that has on our behaviour. I feel like this is a kind of uh, zoological history of humans. It's fascinating. Lynn from Meadow Flat in New South Wales says, my fear of sharks was created by the Paul Hogan show. As a young child, I believed my bum was 
going to get bitten off if I sat on the toilet for too long. <laughs> An enduring cultural moment. And Judy in Castlemaine in Victoria says, I'm always telling people that plane trees kill way more people than sharks and that sharks have a long way to go to get their own back. They probably see us as predators. I mean, that's interesting, isn't it, Brianna? How, how does our attitude to sharks affect uh, our conservation efforts? Because they're quite threatened as a species, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, there's two key ways that the way that we view any animal can impact their conservation. So firstly, we know that if people don't really like a species or they're afraid of a species, they don't really care about their conservation. So, you know, simply if someone had money to donate to an animal charity, they're probably not going to chew sharks if they don't like sharks. Um, but particularly relevant here in Australia, if people do have this exaggerated fear of sharks, they're much more likely to support lethal shark bite mitigation. So things like shark culls, things like shark nets and drum lines. And in Australia, that's sort of one of the bigger threats to sharks in our waters um, because sharks, many shark species are killed through those um, sort of techniques. Well, and it was really fascinating to see uh, that after several shark attacks this year across South Australia, the education department there has decided to ban school-based sea activities for at least the remainder of this term because of safety fears. Is that the right response in your view? No, it, it's a really complicated one. Obviously, we definitely don't want children to, um, you know, encounter a shark and, and get bitten by a shark. But sort of going back to the stat that I said before, you know, a lot more people drown in our oceans and having children um, sort of experience the ocean through those school-based activities is really important for that general safety. So, um, a really hard one. I definitely understand, you know, wanting to protect the the children, but it did seem um, to be quite an extreme reaction to the the recent bites that we've had. Does it, does the fear of sharks that we've been talking about generated by you know the sensationalist language in the media and the terrifying films? Does that affect our relationship with the ocean in general? Sometimes, definitely. So. Um, I've done a lot of research sort of asking people, are they afraid of the ocean and why they're afraid of the ocean? And a lot of people definitely report being afraid, at least of the ocean sort of beyond hip level. A lot of people say that they're happy to go, you know, up to their waist, but no further than that. Oh, and that is such a sad loss, isn't it? I know, exactly. And a lot of them say that sharks, sharks isn't the only reason for that fear, but it definitely comes up as a really frequent um, reason for why they don't want to go out any deeper. Wow. So that, yeah, that's that's a really interesting uh, perspective, isn't it? But then I, mm -hmm. do we find differences if people uh, go into the ocean more frequently? We do. So um, I did a really fun study last year where we got to interview and survey surfers, which was um, really fascinating. And um, particularly we had surfers in Australia and in the US and their fear of sharks is a lot less, which is probably unsurprising. Um, firstly, you know, they, they love surfing and I guess if they have a fear of sharks, it might stop them from surfing. Um, but also they actually do have some encounters with sharks, but they're not 
dangerous encounters. And so unlike the general public, they sort of have these positive experiences that seem to minimise their fear um, and they're not impacted as much by things like the media portrayals of sharks. So if we do want to enjoy the ocean and we want to get the right perspective about the level of uh, danger that sharks pose, how do we calm the farm? How do we go to, down to the beach and, and make sure we're, we've got an accurate sense of, of risk? Yeah, so we just need to, I guess, be aware that there are certain um, times of the day or certain places where it's more likely that we will encounter a shark. So, for example, we know that um, if, if we go out in the ocean near seal colonies or in big um, sort of schools of bait fish, that that is the prey of sharks. They're more likely to be around there. We know that sharks more likely feed in dawn and dusk. Um, and also if the water is particularly murky, you know, after a storm or those types of um, things, then it kind of goes back to that sharks might accidentally view us as prey, which is the main reason that they bite. So, of course, none of those things can guarantee that we don't see a shark, but they can definitely minimise our already small chance of seeing that. And, you know, as um, sort of shark scientists, there's a lot of people doing a lot of really interesting research to just understand shark behaviour more. And so hopefully we'll know more about this in the future as well and and have more sort of safety um, tips around as well. Mm, Meanwhile, yeah, I feel that don't hide out in a school of bait fish is a really good starting point. Exactly. (laughs) Brianna, it's been just fascinating speaking with you this morning. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Dr. Brianna Labusk is a lecturer in environmental science at the University of South Australia. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.